0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode five, Bonnie Strikes Back. Bonnie. <laughs>
1: Wait, do you want me to read the second one of the last one? Or the yeah, other yeah, person? yeah. Okay. That's,
0: that's, no, no, no. no do I don't the
1: think this one. is going to be Bonnie Strikes Back. Um, okay, number two. What is the best way to reconcile the Old Testament and the New Testament for friends oh, who are not believers but are currently reading the Bible and trying to understand the consistent message between the two?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. All right, Bonnie, seeing as how you're translating no. the Bible, why don't you just take this one uh,
1: and run with it? Okay. Um, first of all, this is like such a bad pastoral answer, but I would read the <laughs> Bible for sure. But I might start with a book that— That's not a bad answer. Explain. I, instead, I might start with a book that explains the narrative scope of it of mm. uh, from like Genesis to Revelation that like this is a one big long narrative and then I would go and look up the passages I think if you just start from Genesis and you just kind of plow through I think you're setting yourself up for maybe a rough go <laughs> in terms of a little bit of boredom and then not understanding at all but um I think is there a
0: book off the top of your head that, uh, that you would
1: probably N.T. Wright don't you think he has one like that
0: yeah, he has a book on the Bible called "The Last Word." At least that's the old title. I think it's the Authority of Scripture. I think it's the new title. Which, but but he has a book on it where he presents Scripture as a story. That's yes. Really compelling.
1: Yes. So I would do that. And then what about that? Would, would the other book that we talked about? I haven't read it. Or maybe it's just a theory. Where's his the stuff about the fifth act?
0: No, that's in that one.
1: That's in that one. Okay, because that would be a good. There's
0: also there's also a paper online if you type in how can the Bible be authoritative. You'll get a short paper that he wrote that, that introduces the the five-act play.
1: Oh, okay. Maybe I'll find it and I'll post it to our social media this week so people could see it. See? Yeah, you know, the millennials coming through. But I would start there in terms of <laughs> <laughs> breaking it up and seeing it as one overarching arc of a narrative is a lot more helpful, I think, than trying to – because then you can kind of make sense of the pieces of it um, than just trying to kind of plow through it. That would be my – um, yes, because the biggest and- the biggest points of connection for me when I was l- like learning about the narrative of Scripture is how is through the lens of Jesus and how Jesus fulfilled and also like mirrored. So the biggest one for me was the idea that so you have you know story of the Exodus and uh, the Israelites are saved and Moses takes them out and they're in the wilderness. About um like parallel paralleling that of Jesus saving us from slavery. And now we're sort of in the wilderness. So understanding like, that some stuff in the Old Testament is mirrored in the new was a big help, point of help for me.
0: Huge. No, that's so good, Bonnie. Um, I would say, Tim, look up what, Gamba, what, the, um, what the Tim Mackey episode was that we did on the Old Testament. Ooh. What number that was. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk for a little bit while you look it up. But there is an episode we did, did with uh, Tim Mackey. And it's one of my favorite episodes because I just sat and took notes as I was interviewing him, but it was on the Old Testament and and it was really, really good stuff. We also have um, an interview we did with Greg Boyd, Mm. who had written um, something he calls a cross-centered hermeneutic. Now that's a fancy way of saying this, that Jesus is the clearest revelation we have of what God is like. And, um, and so, you know, the the New Testament, I mean, Jesus himself says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father, Right. but then later New Testament writing is, Hey, Jesus is the visible representation of the invisible God or, or that, um, Jesus is the exact representation of God's being, um, or in Colossians, he is the fullness of deity dwelling in bodily form. Right? So the, the New Testament writers are saying, listen, the the revelations of the pictures we have of God are true in the Old Testament. Now, I think sometimes they're more complex than what we think uh, they are at first reading in English. So sometimes I think we're not understanding the picture correctly. That's something Mackie gets into. But I, I do think that what the New Testament is saying is, listen, the clearest picture of God that we have is Jesus of Nazareth. And so, when you read the Old Testament, I think there's great value in reading the Old Testament on its own terms. I think there's great value in letting it be messy and weird, um, letting those weird stories and obscure laws just sit there. I don't. Right. I think it's really bad to try to clean it up um, because if you do think that this is somehow what God wanted us to have, there's a reason why it was this way. So I that's the interesting question to me. But right. Uh, but if you're gonna fit the whole story together. The key to that, of course, is Jesus of Nazareth. And what you begin to do is as you read the four accounts of Jesus's ministry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you begin to realize that what Jesus is doing is something called recapitulation. The idea that he is reframing um, in various parts, just like Bonnie said, or mirroring the 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 uh, that uh, the adam and eve story the moses and israel story the israel in the wilderness story the israel in the temple story like right. he's actually he's actually redoing where adam was called the son of god and he failed and where israel the son of god was called the son of god and it failed now here comes jesus who's who's engaging in the same um the same the same types the same patterns the same Uh, pictures, but he's doing it in a way that accurately reflects God's character. Um, The old Testament is a book of triage. It is not a book of what God wanted. Mm. Um, It is a book very much of God making do with human sin, uh, it is not a book of God's will. And that that is something Mackie makes a huge point. Where you see God's will most clearly is in how Jesus is human, how Jesus is Israel, how Jesus renews Israel, and how Jesus then invites us into a renewed kind of Israel vocation in the world. Mm. And so, so one of the things that Boyd will say, and I don't know that I go all the way with him on this, but if you see something that uh, is in the Old Testament that seems to be attributed to God, but seems very much inconsistent with the person of Jesus. Um, You have a couple of options. You can just disregard that piece, which I don't think is a wise idea. Or you can begin, and this is what Boyd argues, you can begin to try to find... um, the way in which the character of God is manifested in that story, even though you might have to dig to do it. In other words, because Jesus was hanged as a criminal, so Jesus actually doing God's work, he looked like a criminal in that moment. Very often, Boyd argues, that God will look like the criminal in the Old Testament, but it's actually the people uh, who are invoking God or acting on behalf of God who are who are the criminals? Does that make sense? That in the, in the same way you'd look at Jesus hanging from a tree and go, that's not the Messiah, but he actually was. Um, and the Messiah was nothing like that. Um, in the Old Testament, you have something called divine accommodation, where God is allowing himself to be painted with an ugly brush um, for the sake of being present and associating with his people. Uh, but he's actually not like that. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, so Bonnie, Bonnie nailed, you have to see this as a unified story, but I don't, I don't think that allowing, um, or or chopping parts of the old testament off i don't think that allows the story to be all it needs to be and all that it should be right i think i think all of that stuff is there actually for a reason but i think we misread it uh, a lot of times and one of the things that Mackie will say is that if there's something in the text i don't understand i assume i don't understand
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
0: right the problem isn't with god and the problem isn't with them right it's that i don't made get sense it in their culture. it's <laughs> yeah. i don't get
1: it yeah that's good.
0: And so if you start from a place where Jesus is the clearest revelation of God, then you can engage in those Old Testament passages with much more curiosity uh, and much more joy uh, than if you would if you were just saying, oh, my goodness, God seems schizophrenic.
1: Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yep.
0: Any, Bueller? <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> that episode was uh, episode number 101, How to Read the Bible with guest yes. Tim Mackey of The Bible Project. And the Boyd episode is episode 95, Angry God and Peaceful Jesus. Boom. With the guest Greg Boyd. Oh, and their, nice. the Bible
1: Project's videos are very helpful. Yeah. All their stuff is really good.
0: Yeah. If, if Chris, if you're not a Bible Project junkie, the podcast YouTube channel like they like i just think it's some of the best stuff
1: yeah even on their there. website they, i mean these they've days. got really good stuff yeah
0: they they really do and they wrestle a lot with these sorts of sorts of issues so if i were encouraging my friends to check out the old testament i wouldn't let them get off the hook by saying hey it just seems really contradicting. i would say like oh what what points yeah. You know what I mean? I'd make sure they're they're actually engaging in the text and not just the idea that they're that it's contradictory or inconsistent.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we had a and, second conversation with uh Mackie where is it? Oh, episode one sixty nine. How is the old testament authoritative for Jesus followers? Mm. Yes. So yeah. the first that's, one's how to read the Bible, the second one deals kind of with the just specifically the Old Testament and how we approach that, it.
0: That's cool. And There's nothing to add to those. That's that they're one. Just...
2: Yeah, that second one, the Old Testament one, I've listened to probably five or six times. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's so good.
0: So anyway, Chris, thanks for the questions, and uh, and you, dear listener, thank you for the experiment of five episodes. Hey, would more. you let us know? uh Huh? We have one more. We have one more. Do you... but we're on episode five.
1: Oh, Monday through Friday.
0: Bonnie struck back.
1: <laughs> I guess that other one will wait.
0: Yeah, I mean we have so many, but yeah. yes. The thought was we would just do one per day. Perfect. Sorry. Um and no, no, no. And uh, we'd love your feedback. Is this a good way to do this? Is this a is this helpful? Is this more annoying, less annoying? Um by you know the next time you hear us Bonnie Wolf had her tattoo and um you know
1: i'll be a change she might person. be a demon oh for my god she might just
0: turn literally into
1: eerie don't you know i have spiritual trauma and anxiety
0: i do <laughs>
1: god
0: i was just i but i hope if it's if it's like so over the
2: top it won't it won't add to it but exactly.
0: i guess that wasn't
2: over the top enough. <laughs> it's the other way around this is what keeps the dementors at bay
0: there you go thank oh, you oh boy oh boy you know what I did? I'll, I will say this. So when the Harry Potter books came out, I would read one. And then when two came out, I would read one again and then Oh, because you had to wait a year between, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've probably read them. I mean, and then I and then I read them with my kids and I don't know. I think if I'm ever going to get a tattoo, I literally want to get the verse reference that says you shall not get tattoos. That sounds exactly
1: like something I, you would do.
0: And that, I and think that's, as,
2: as we sign off, you guys should each say what your Patronus is my
0: patronus nice all right that's good tim you go first my
2: patronus is jeff bridges oh i was gonna say neil young but, jeff but you guys bridges. aren't you guys
1: aren't doing animals
2: no no it's jeff patronus bridges. can be anything well i pull damn. my wand out when those dementias are coming and jeff bridges walks out like the dude and he pushes them yes back. the big lebowski that's so great all right Bonnie, what would, what would yours
0: be well i
1: thought it just had to be an animal so it oh. was gonna be a dolphin <laughs> because
0: okay, now that we've, does it have
2: to be? Does it have to be an animal?
1: Well, it feels like it should. Jeff
2: Bridges is an animal, but,
1: yeah, I guess it's
2: yes, that's true. Otherwise, that's my true. other
1: thought would be a food item, it would be like a cookie or a cup of coffee.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> like oh, that. that's
2: that's funny. Throw the cup of coffee. How do you keep dementor? the dementors at bay? I think Hot about coffee. coffee
1: because you're well fueled. <laughs> and yep. you can get through Alert. anything the other day i said i have a headache and so i said oh did you not have a latte and i said i did in fact i've had four shots of espresso the problem <laughs> is that yesterday i had boy!
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> i know i really need to tone no, it down
0: i'm no expert on health <laughs> that seems like a lot that seems that seems, seems like a okay lot. i'm sticking coursing, with dolphin coursing through okay dolphin not intimidating i'm gonna go that's my patronus excuse me that's
1: wa- how the dolphin gets you is it seems nice and friendly but then it's always attacking sharks and saving humans <laughs>
2: that's why
0: that's a I, it's a
1: patronus. my patronus.
0: i what my patronus is gonna be um the the number 62-39 which was the score of Ohio State's <laughs> victory over Michigan last year. Why don't you and make it be a games Buckeye? I've ever... A Buckeye is a nut. And yeah, a you can have him
2: like the... Remember the Willow when he had the nut. acorns that would turn people into stone? Oh, yes. <laughs> that shows you how much yes, I have no good idea. Yes, Willow reference.
1: I've never heard about Buckeyes.
2: <laughs> but I know. If but, we can tie but, up a theological conversation with a Willow reference, I feel like we're doing God's work.
0: I mean, 62 was the most – that was the biggest beatdown Michigan has ever had. Nate and I were at the game, and it was Urban's last game. And, and so, yeah, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to think about the block punt in the third quarter mm-hmm. where 110,000 people were as loud as I have ever heard. The volume was deafening. That's my Patronus, and I'm <laughs> sticking, patronus to, it. sticking to it. was just the Ohio State defensive line.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a good they just come
0: running out of your wand. And... <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, you guys are awesome. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. If you made it through all five, God bless you. And there's help. <laughs> all right. Till next time, friends. Thanks.